Sexy, sexy. Oh, very sexy and mysterious. Oh, sex is though, isn't it? It really is. I love it. It really I do did too. bring the sex, didn't it? It oh, did. Exciting. It did. It was an undie mover. Yeah, undie absolutely. Mover, yeah. So I'm Sammy Hart. in that track. Oh, sorry, honey. And I'm Jay Jovi. And we're the 80s montage. We're here for another week. And we're remote across town today. We've had a big storm in the afternoon. Oh, we and, have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Knocked out the power here for a couple of hours. So uh-huh. I was a little I was a little bit worried, but it's just come on again, so everything's good. Oh good. But, um, Imagine if it goes out during yeah. the show. Yeah, I know. What will we do? I don't know. I I did say to Mika, like, you know, as long as my laptop is charged and my phone is charged, I've got a couple of hours, you know. Yeah. So we can um we can uh, go remote more often maybe. But um I I I'd rather rather being in the band room to be yeah. honest. Yeah, no, no. So um, we had one of our patrons today write in about the last episode, which was amazing because we always encourage people to subscribe and Patreon oh, awesome. if you wish to. Sammy yeah. Neal wrote to us about last week's episode, which was what was last week's episode? Songs that turn forty years old, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Songs that turn forty year old. So she has listened to it. And we went on about the Kylie uh, shoes where we were a bit drunk and we said, oh, shoes. Remember Kylie? So Sammy <laughs> Neal yeah, yeah. has written shoes in bold writing. God, that was hilarious. I had tears from <laughs> laughing at shoes but also at Jay's laugh. So, Sammy, <laughs> you're a champion. It was pretty funny, you know, very funny that. Sometimes, I don't know. It's, sometimes I get home after episodes and I don't have a fucking clue what yeah. we've just talked about. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But it's kind of good though because then like I listen to the episode during the week and I'm like, oh, yeah, this show's really fucking good. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. It's uh, <laughs> So Shoes was Sammy being drunk and, and basically thinking it was slow by Kylie Minogue. But we will go to <laughs> Vegas if she's 17 million she's asked for. Go. For 12 weeks. Oh, is weeks. that right? Yeah, for 12 wow. weeks. I looked into it. I'd fucking go. I'd yeah, go. 17 million. And that's pretty wow. good because she only had really two tracks in America that were big. Yeah, and that's right. that was right. the locomotion a, and can't get you out of my head. Yeah, exactly. She's not a huge, huge superstar. I think I think Americans know that she is big of elsewhere. Of course she is. Yeah. Yeah. but She won't but have a problem. Of, no, that's right. And the gays, you know, the gays love her there. But We'll get um, on a plane in Australia and it'll be full of our crowd from Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ah, and I'm even considering like looking at old Madge's uh, tour dates going up and stuff. I'm even looking for an opportunity where fucking maybe early on in, in the tour, I don't know, somewhere – Close-ish to Australia, you know, she only seems to be doing North America and Europe at the moment. So yeah. that's not exactly fucking close to Australia. But no. I'll find may, maybe I'll find some opportunity early in the tour because, like, later in the tour, I think she might die. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I want to catch oh, the last one. You know? Yeah, that's right. You want to see the warm up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see her pull it together one last time. Yeah. Hey, listen. I watched the bloody Pamela Anderson documentary last night. It is fucking phenomenal. Is it on Netflix? Yes. Fucking Fuck, phenomenal. I'll have to check it out. Apparently I, she um, name name names names. Oh yeah, she, she uh, yeah. She tells you, know, you all the all the she's men she's candid. been out with. Oh yeah, very candid. Oh good. She's told you all the men she goes out with. The sons are incredible. Her kids are just amazing. Like if she's anything, she's an amazing mother because these kids. Is that right? Oh, I was in tears because she's fifty five now, so she's. Always a little bit bored because her career was really ruined by that tape. Like she never really did much after that. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And she's triggered by it. She can't, like she was literally in tears when that whole movie, telly movie thing came out. Oh, wow. I'll have to stop watching it then. Oh, mate, I guarantee you. You'll be crying. I even wrote on her Instagram. I was like, this is just the best thing I've ever seen. Now, it <laughs> did makes, you really? <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I, you know That's what I great. wrote? Ah, yeah. Pammy, I've always <laughs> loved you, darling. I don't know what changed because I would really have not wanted to meet Pamela Anderson. But yeah. now I've seen the doco, we could definitely be Fucking friends, absolutely. Oh, that's good. I'm sure she. Um, I'm sure she feels great about. That. Oh, look, I can't. Well, I'm surprising myself. But to be honest with you, fucking Gingy and Wingy have nothing to fucking complain about when you watch her life. Who's right? Gingy and Wingy? Fucking the king's son and oh, Harry and Megan. Harry and Megan. Gingy and Wingy have been through fucking nothing compared to this woman. And that's oh, what mate. makes me laugh because this woman came and was so violated by the internet and getting this, like it just started the whole streaming thing on the internet and everyone got this video yeah. if you paid for it. It was a new thing and they were just at that time where, fuck, you know, and they didn't make a cent out of that, you know. Oh, no. and, and she's kind of really... She's still amazing, but she comes on without any hair and makeup done. So that's really brave as well. Yeah, she can't be right. Fucked. Okay. Can't be fucked. Yeah. Watch it tonight. Yeah. You will love it. I loved it. I didn't right. realise it was I'll released it today, yesterday, and I watched it last yeah. night and I swear to you I was in tears just because the kids understand the both parents and they've just come out. Amazing human beings because he direct, he produced incredible. it. He produced it. I think it was Brandon that produced it. One of them did. Are you kidding? Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fucking. It's the best thing I've seen in at least a month. You know, fuck, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I watched the Shania Twain after that. Wasn't so keen. What did you think? Oh. She looks Puerto Rican, doesn't she? I didn't realise she had Something's some... Something's changed yeah. and I can't put my finger on it. She's gotten something done and she looks really? very different yeah. to how she used to when she was young. Yeah. And I can't put my fucking finger on it. Yeah. She doesn't she look all... fake. No. I think old I age know. brings What's out going on? the cultural thing. Because you know, um, okay. 19, you know 1927, the guy that sang Eric, 
Eric, yeah. when we saw him on Hey Hey Saturday, looked very um, Aussie white, but he's actually yeah. really Maori. And when you look at him now, he looks ex- he looks totally different. So I think they yeah, grow right. into their culture. I don't know how it happens. No, they but do. As they get yeah, older, they, they look more like themselves. Yeah, well, like John Stevens, you know, like he looks, you know, in his sort of uh, maturity, he so, sort of looks as Maori as ever, you know. Yeah, yeah but John always looked Maori. He so never I, looked. See, I didn't get it. I, yeah, I didn't really? get it because with the, with his hair and all his, you know, his gear and everything, I never sort of got that, you know, I never sort of got that in particular. I always thought thought he could have been anything. I thought he could have been a wog. You know, I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, but like, you, yeah. You know, you can really see it now. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm. I I looked at Shania and I was like, because I know Dad was something. Dad was okay. something, but um, oh look what she's been through. Wasn't Lionel Richie great to her though? Bringing her back. And yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like just didn't take how's, no for an answer. How's that, eh? Like fucking losing your voice from getting bitten Lyme's by a tick. Yeah, riding fucking a horse. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, life can change. I've yeah. ridden plenty of horses that have given me a tick, but anyway. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was – so we're doing – talking about sex. We're talking about saxophone in the 80s. Saxophone in the 80s, very sexy. Now, Lily Was Here, what a great track. Now, this came out in uh, 89 and I remember this coming out and that year, 89, there was a bit of rubbish music. I know that you personally don't think a lot of 89, um, but there was actually a lot of good music as well. Oh, there uh, was. And this was one of the tracks where I was like, oh, yep, fuck. I like, agree. This is fucking cool. And I was really I was really aware of the trash, but I was really uh, pleased that this charted at the time. And I was, you know, still young at the time. I loved this. And I loved it mm. to the stage where um, I wanted to find out all about it. I was like, where has this come from? It was an instrumental. And, of course, yeah. it's um, Dave Stewart. And the saxophonist name is Candy Dulfa, and she's Dutch. And yes. it's um, actually from the soundtrack. You know, nobody knew anything about this song. No, it just was like, came out where, of nowhere. I agree. Where the fuck has it come from? Because I think Dave in it um, doesn't have any facial hair or anything. He's not sort of – he's not super recognisable, you know. So nobody knew where it sort of came from. Um, it, I think it was um, – one maybe the only track, the only single released from a film um, called De Cassier, which means the cashier, uh, like a Dutch film. And I went and saw De Cassier. It was playing wow. when I moved out of home. Yeah, it was. I, I had it in my mind, and I sort of held it for years and years and years because, of course, I was from the country, and and um, you know. There weren't any sort of art house cinemas or anything like that. And it wasn't until I moved to the big city that I was able to go to like an art house cinema. They were playing this and I went to watch it by myself when I was like fucking 18 years old. Mm. And um, it blew my mind and it mm. really sort of opened opened my mind to foreign films and shit. Mm, it yeah, may yeah, have, yeah. May have even been the first foreign film I ever watched, but um, and it's all because of the sax solo. It had such a profound effect on me. I love it. 
Yeah, no, that's a great story. And not only that, it was an instrumental and it wasn't fucking Kenny G, you know? Yeah, Kenny yeah, G used yeah. to give me the shits. Yeah, Every yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. lift. If you went to the Hyde in Melbourne in about 88, you went into the lift oh. and it was fucking... Fucking Kenny G. And it wasn't even a sax. Fucking... I think it was a clarinet or something, wasn't it? Yeah, somebody Can't at work remember. brought this up today because they were like, you know, I was li- I was listening to music and someone, came, you know, what are you, what are you listening to? And I'm like, fucking music, cunt, can you fuck off? Anyway, um, oh, yeah. I was like, oh no, I'm li- I think they could hear the saxophone, you know, like through yeah. over my my earphones. And I said, oh, I'm listening to listen to sort of um, a few different tracks with saxophone. Ah, oh, you should listen to Kenny G. I said, yeah, well, he's actually oh, clarinet. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's actually exactly. clarinet. I think he, I think he did play um, saxophone as well because obviously they're both reed instruments. But um, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, we won't be playing Kenny G. Maybe though, so. so they obviously thought you were doing it for to relax. For school, you know? I'll listen to no, some for school sax because at school. I t- <laughs> yeah. I'm teaching music because I'm like. <laughs> Oh, of course, oh, right. School. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you, you're actually teaching music as well. So you've yeah, gotten that yeah. gig now. Right, how exciting. So what the, the angle I'm taking with it, um, you know, I guess follows a lot more of my experience. Yeah. Um, not, not so much as an instrumentalist but um, I guess more the business side of it and also – um, soundtracks and scores and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, great. So um, great. the kids will be creating a um, a soundtrack to uh, the school production, which I'll also be directing, which is Macbeth. Oh God, is it really? Yeah, so Where lots of lots of fucking how? projects. Yeah, it's a big one, yeah. Macbeth. Yeah, that's right. So I've 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 um. The way that I've marketed Macbeth to them is like, you know, it's you love it. It's full of murder. It's got ghosts and witches in it. It's like a fucking horror film. And they're like, oh, whoa, you know. Yeah. So they're, they're really into it. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So Lily was here, as you said, it was candy. She was sexy yep. too. She was sexy. Rather she was. much look at her than fucking Kenny G, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's that, it. You know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, beautiful. Great opening track. And it did just come out of nowhere and we didn't quite know why Dave Stewart was there either. We were like, what's going on with the Eurythmics? Have they split up? What's happening, you know? Yeah. I thought he was it. banging her for a little while. I thought, oh, maybe they're getting it on, but I don't think that was happening. But yeah, I always yeah. assume I don't, that. I don't even know why Dave Stewart, like, was connected to this film because um, – yeah, it's it, maybe he did some time in the Netherlands or something. I, I'm not sure, but it yes. was huge. This this track was huge. Uh, it was in the charts for something like five or six weeks it across was Europe. Mm. Yeah, really big. It was big here too. It did all right here too. Um, uh, it, it sort of launched this chi- uh, Candy Dolfer. It launched her career and she would go on to release an album Called mm. sexual sexuality. You with Sexual sexuality. Yeah, sexuality. Ever need? Wow, yeah. that's clever. Yeah. Now, apparently, there's a sort of 
uh, urban legend with this song that it was recorded in one take. This is this was like the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's probably because they pre-prepared. She looked like that's a pre-preparer right. to me. You know. Oh, and it's, probably, it's yeah. that that's whole um, feeling that you get with the sax. I think I don't really know many saxophone players that would do five or six takes. It's usually there or it's not. No, you really – there's something sort of really uh, brittle and vulnerable and fragile about a mm. sax where you can't do, as you say, like heaps and heaps of takes. You've no. got to get that feel. There's something yeah. so so sort of knife edge about playing a sax and getting it right. You get it right in the first couple of takes or you're not going to get it that day, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So the mm. next track we're going to look at is probably the one everyone thinks of when you think of saxophone. Yeah, and you're it's probably a ripper. surprised we didn't open with this one actually. Yeah, no, well, I didn't want to be so obvious. I thought, you know, Lily yeah. was here, was a big one. But um, yep. I've actually, oh, no, it opens with this. So that's what we're going to do. Here we go, kids. Sexy. This has got to be, you know, after Baker Street, this yep. has got to be, you know, you be when you think saxophone solos and especially openers, this is the big one, you know. Mm. For, after Baker Street, it'd be this. That's you know? it. And we didn't put Baker Street in because it's 1978, mm. but we've made a mention. It was but just obviously the- you can see sort of like how from Baker Street, sax really started to become Huge. cool in the 80s. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. And it was really exciting because sort of in the 80s you, you basically had, apart from the vocal, you had three lead instruments. You know, you had guitar, you had sax and you had keys, you know. It was fucking awesome. Like it was – Yeah, that's right. Um, I think – you know, 
to, to have a sort of um, to have a, like a brass instrument, to have like a woodwind instrument as like one of your leads. That's so fucking random. I don't know. I think that's really fucking cool. It's one of the thing things I love about eighties music is is the element of sax like all the way through. And not only that, this song was just as huge. Like it was every week it was number one, you know? Exactly right. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly and right. And it resonated with people. Sax does resonate with the sex appeal, you know, like I have a boat in Gilago, would you like to be with me? And then the next week. So the whole boat in the video and shit, it's just yeah. exactly the feeling. And we talked about this in our first episode, our very first episode, we talked about Careless Whispers and yeah. the video clip. It's an amazing video clip. And the sax just brings in the fucking sexual frustration, doesn't it? It's so funny that. It's so funny because it's sort of like there's two bits of imagery that it brings in because you always think sexuality in terms of the sax. There's two bits of imagery that it brings in. Correct me if I'm wrong. One is like beachy, boaty fucking holiday vibes. The other is you're in a laneway and it's sort of jazzy in a back street kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, you, you're either tropical or you're in the alleyway, absolutely. Yeah, you're but- shooting up in the alleyway. Now, uh-huh. um, let, let's credit the artist. Of course, it's George Michael, this track, but um, the saxophonist's name is Steve Gregory. Steve Gregory, yeah. He was, um, he was quite prolific in the 80s already, mm-hmm. uh, playing with a lot of people uh, throughout the 80s. But, of course, sort of following this, he worked with all kinds of people, um, Maxi Priest, Queen, Alison Moye. Um, he was British, of course, sort of given all of those references. Um but, uh, yeah, like an incredible solo, this guy. It's funny, one – what you can play you can play sax in a million different ways. There's one thing that sort of is like a signature for 80s sax and that's like growling up into the note, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they growl like they growl growling the sax. out a chick. That's right. That, that, that's what bring, <laughs> brings the sex. And I you listen to the very growling. first note. <laughs> oh, good. That's nice. Yeah, no, just, it is nice. Um, just to start exactly. things off. It, it was really, really important that they did growl up yeah, wherever right. they were going. You know? And there the were different sacks. There was the alto sax. There was the tenor sax. There was fucking everything, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Careless whispers. You can't. Not think of Careless Whispers when you are asked to choose a song with a saxophone in it, if you're over 40, I guess. Yeah, that's right. It's a bit of a um, cruise ship song, this one. But I, I used love to it. do this it some... heaps. I love it. Oh, did you? Did you really? Mm, yeah, just in a duo. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're in a duo and you've got backing tracks, the saxophone – you got no saxophone player, so the saxophone just comes out of these speakers and it's kind of embarrassing because <laughs> it's the thing that sticks out and you obviously don't have a saxophone player, but that's how stupid we were in the early 80s where yeah. it was like, oh, it's still amazing though. There's no real players, but fucking that's amazing. Look at that, you know. Yeah. People don't yeah. see how special it is when you actually get a fucking saxophone player in the band that it's so more – it's much more exciting than a backing track with a sax on it, you know? 
Oh, yeah, it just doesn't – It there's no comparison, is there? Like you bring out a real sax and it's just like this light goes on, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, and I mean, look, I we haven't put songs in that I would have loved to have put in which would have been Taxi Mary by Bo- Jojo Zepp and um, I would have loved to have put that on but you know, even Jojo Zepp in the old days or Wilbur Wilde had a saxophone and it was just amazing watching people do that live – Yet not yeah. many kids wanted to learn the sax. It was something that some people used to learn and it was for special people that are very yeah, intelligent. Right. That's my background. I think they're highly intelligent people, saxophone players. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to play the sax. I desperately there wanted to go. play There's the sax. There you go. There's my argument, eh? I highly didn't, intelligent oh. people. I, I didn't want to um I didn't want to particularly play guitar I should have like yeah. a f- you fucking idiot I wanted to play the sax my bl- my brother played the trumpet they had an old trumpet fucking sitting around so they gave it to me instead of playing the sax I had a fucking trumpet yeah right trumpet Jesus. wasn't cool you needed three people to do that really it wa- it wasn't fucking cool at all I wanted it yeah I wanted a sax I wanted to get unless laid. you had a fucking the fucking little thing, the cup thing you put over it and you can yeah, do your own little, trumpet solo. A little muffler, yeah. Muffler, that's it. Never never mind. <laughs> no, I would have loved if you had played sax. I mean, look, it doesn't matter. We all do things in life that we really, we don't regret, but we couldn't give a fuck really. At the end of the day, yeah. you didn't want to be it. But the people that, like I wanted to be a fucking keyboard player. Never in a million years was I going to give a fuck that much, you know. But yeah, the people that yeah. actually do take lessons and and do exams and read the books and join bands and really passionate, uh, I think they're really great people, you know. Yeah, that's right. And 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 a great thing about sort of sax becoming hot in the eighties, it bought a lot of. There weren't there weren't a lot of rock saxophonists straight away. You know, no, they wasn't. were pulling they were pulling guys out from other genres and like most often it would be jazz and things yeah. like that. And so you'd get these sort of they they were quite unique in amongst the bands that they would be playing with, you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um so you you'd get these guys like bloody um Kirk Pangilly and James Valentine and and so forth. Quite quite nerdy and quite pe- peculiar guys, you know. So it's good to see. Clarence Carter. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people we won't mention today, guys, but we're just picking randomly and the, look, this could if have you want another been episode, a episode of Sax People, it? drop us a line. Oh, fuck yeah. Drop us fuck a line, yeah, let us know. We could, we could fucking really, fill this out twice. Yeah, absolutely. We can do another one. It's all good if you want another one. I mean, it's pretty sexy. The next one is amazing, this track. I've got 12 tracks today, so we've – Doing done a bit more than what we need to. Um, the motels, perfect track, and uh, we'll just play this bit of it.
And it's quite drastic as well. It's quite um, – she's obviously singing about a love that she can't get and yeah. she can't control and this saxophone just tells it how it is really, doesn't it? Yeah, you that's know? right. There's, there's, there's something also like, yeah, a little bit um, tortured about a sax as Very well. Very tortured. Really sort of, that was the word. Yeah, yeah exactly. yeah. It sort of ties well with the angsty 80s thing of, you know, the, those feelings of, of longing and angst and everything that are, you'd, you know, you'd rather right be through in jail. 80s love songs. Yeah, you'd rather yeah, be in jail right. than do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did this song um, with Brian Mannix years ago. Ah, and cool. Brian came in to do the trivia show at Revolver and I said, look, Brian, and I came out because it says in something about sheets in the song, I came out naked with a sheet over me and a choker and my big blonde wig and I sang the song and I said to Brian Mannix, I said, look, during the sax solo I need you to come out and light my cigarette because this was in the days where you could smoke in a venue. So I said, when the sax solo starts, you are to run out like a jippy and light my cigarette and people fucking (laughs) thought it was great because I did – I lit the cigarette as – the saxophone started because I wasn't singing and it was Brian Mannix lighting my cigarette. It was the fucking highlight of this career, you know. People just could not <laughs> believe that Mannix is running out and lighting my cigarette and, you know, I'm fucking young. I'm looking spanking yeah. and he asked Brian to do the show and he totally went with it and he was amazing. Oh, great. And uh, <laughs> everyone just laughed because it was so 80s just to light because she was always smoking cigarettes in the video as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that right. was what made me want to do that and Brian was like, all right, no worries, all done and next minute he runs yeah. up with his fucking blonde hair and and I just smoke the cigarette <laughs> and look at him like he's a piece of shit, you know, yeah, and it was yeah. great. But I have oh, fond great, memories. Great way yeah. to start it. That's I, I, awesome. It's on that video somewhere and I don't know where I could find it. But, yeah, no, Total yeah. Control, Martha Davis and the Motels. Martin uh, Jorard, was it? Was the saxophone player and the keyboard player of that band? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, keys Jordard. as well. I wasn't quite sure about that. Yeah. Now, yeah, um, technically, uh, technically, this album came out in '79, but um, this song uh, didn't yeah. start, didn't didn't chart straight away. It sort of bubbled yep. away for a while, and it was very big in Australia, and it definitely charted yep. in in the '80s in Australia. It was really big here. This song, huge, huge. Aussies loved it. Aussies loved everything. 
Like if it yeah. wasn't for Australia, I think a lot of acts would not have lived past their first album. Like, and I think it's and, and because countdown. Um, I'm assuming you know, a countdown, not a yeah, countdown. Happen. Yeah, definitely, and and also because I think because Australia was such a sort of fucking you know, far out outpost for the rest of the world. Mm. It's like if they heard back that, you know, we word loved it. was getting out to Australia, it was like, fuck, well, we must be doing something right, you know. Yeah. We have to listen yeah. to this song that Australia love. Yeah, because I think Australia is the underdog a lot of the time and they think, like we all do as Australians, we think we're not enough. And then when you look back in history, we've kind of been the leaders of a lot of shit. You know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know why we have that in our culture, yeah, you know. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's that convict mentality, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, yeah, absolutely. And it's sad but, of course, we were really, you know what I mean? We weren't yeah. the First Nations at all. But, yeah. you know, it was. it's just something if someone tells you you're shit, 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 shit and then you kind of know you're not but you still have that in you. It changes yeah. your whole sort of perspective. Yeah, that's right. It's very hard to back yourself when you've been told your shit sort of, you know, forever, you know. Yeah. That's it. No, you're so right. total control. Oh, I like the next one you've the picked. The next this one. Very sexy. Now, we are announcing Bird's Basement with Rewind 80s Band coming up in July this year. Is it's that gonna right? It's going to be a, yeah, dinner and show, dinner and blow. Bird's Basement on the 27th of July. The tickets aren't on sale so don't go ringing them yet but we will be on sale soon and that'll be a really special event because it's a sit-down dinner and, and we'll, we'll be doing uh, this fucking song. We'll be, I, we have yeah, to do this song. Yeah, we'll be doing a few different things. That's Absolutely. what I was going to say. We will be. Right. So fucking this is cool. the song. We are going to do a Bird's Basement. It's This song is a dream of mine to do. Um, it reminds me of my dear friend Joshua Rhodes who recently passed away. He's all with us though. I can feel him every day. He's always around. I mean that's the only reason I watched Pamela Anderson. He was a huge Pamela Anderson fan. I don't watch oh, anything like that but it was a guided sort of just do it, you know. Um, so yeah. And this was his favourite song and we had a real connection with each other in this track. And this is a highly sex, sexual track. Yeah. Here we go.
Fuck, that's an amazing song. Fuck, it is too. Do you like my key light here? It's very Maxine. I do like that. that. It's very Maxine, except it's yellow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's yellow. That won't attract hookers. You got to be red. No. I get red. red, I get scared about red lights, you know, just coming out of nowhere. I fucking freak out because I've always heard mean something different. So, uh, <laughs> so Maxine obviously is about a prostitute called Maxine. She in the video gets killed, and she's a friend of Sharon O'Neill's, and it's fucking torture. And when the sax comes in, there's this happy hope in the world that she might survive, but she doesn't. Case <laughs> one, three, five, two, red and green tattoo. What the fuck is that lyric? That's fucking incredible. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's fantastic. I Do love it. Do you know, it. I've been watching heaps of Sharon O'Neill interviews in the last couple of days. I don't know why. My algorithms al- is gone there. Right. She's fucking great, man. She's fucking great. So I just humble. love the thought of her moving from New Zealand to Sydney and, um, you know, being in and around the cross and everything and yes. just sort of – you know, encountering this prostitute and writing this beautiful fucking song about her. I just love it. How's this? This is how connected Raquel Canham. Yes, I agree with you there. Raquel Canham mm. from Brian's wife, Canham's wife. She's yeah. just SMSed me. Have you seen the Pamela Anderson documentary? You must watch it today. Fuck it's off. incredible. Serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This I'm going to watch it hilarious. after this. Oh. It's fucking good. We're going to help the ratings of the Pamela Anderson Yeah, we are. And I don't care because, (laughs) mate, Whingy and Gingy, like I said, fucking shut up. Shut the fuck up. You got a video out of your fucking cock and shit people are buying. No, shut up. Not interested. (laughs) You can afford to eat. Uh, You know, anyway, I'm still getting this. But, um, yeah, Maxine, so we will be doing that track when we announced Bird's Basement, really awesome. excited about that show because it's in Melbourne, the city. Yeah, look, and that's what happening. That's what was happening in King's Cross at the time where chicks were being killed. We weren't, they weren't protected at all, the sex workers. You know, the sex workers weren't no, protected. That's right. They gave were a shit. being driven off by a bunch of – I mean, the, the video is very – we'll put the video in our notes as we do. It's mm. very, very – it's almost yeah, – what do you call it? Really confronting. The video is confronting. Oh, yeah, it is. It's very raw. It's – um, um, yeah. See, I, you wouldn't get away with it today, I don't think. Oh, fuck no. Fuck no. You'd be banned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you can't talk about how there's prostitutes and that that stuff was – King's Cross, when I went there as a little girl in Sydney, my dad walked us through King's Cross, it was fucking unbelievable. For me, I was about six and just seeing the strippers and the hookers and the fucking uh, – the gay community and everything, we yeah. I just thought it was fucking incredible. I didn't think anything – It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And it was phenomenal 
It was phenomenal right up until the lockout laws, the alcohol lockout laws. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that fucked it. I remember yeah. going there on tour with my band and um, a few of them hadn't been to uh, Sydney at all. Wow. And um, th- this was their first time, you know, that – we did a lot of firsts with those guys, like first time, you know, first time touring abroad, first time even going to Sydney and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, a, a few of the guys were quite young. And um, I remember showing them around King's Cross and being so fucking proud of it because it was just bustling and it was just like it was out of control with all, you know, yeah. that shit that you were just talking about. Fuck, mate. I went there um, I went there like a couple of months ago on a Saturday night, 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. It was like a fucking ghost town. Yeah, that's right. In the 80s, you know, when they shot Saturday Night by Cold Chisel and stuff like that, it was yeah. so magical because that stuff didn't scare me. I was really yeah. open to that. And nah, I loved it. So was my dad and we were both yeah. – I was just like, wow. Is, and I actually saw it as a career option, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. You know what totally. I mean? And I know that's shit to say, but you, when you want to be a, an artist or a singer and you've got to deal with so many fucking people, maybe stripping is an option or being a prostitute yeah. is an option. Like that's where my head used to go as a little girl. But I've got hardcore stellium in Scorpio in the 12th house. So that's my underground house where I just enjoy all that information. I may not necessarily do it because the Virgo probably stops me from doing it because we must be organised and make money the right way. But, um, yeah, really interesting I used to think it was an option as a career and especially when I saw this video but then it was the fact that she died in the video that I yeah. thought differently. So yeah, thank you, right. Sharon O'Neill, for making me not a prostitute. For saving my life. Saving my mutt on getting mushed. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it was fucking heavy shit. Because I've been on fucking TikTok at the moment. Um, Oh, I have been on TikTok for a while but I don't look at it. But I've been promoting Mm. our gigs on there and every second cunt is doing Wednesday's dance with my hands, hands, hands. Right? Yeah. And then it's or it's Miley Cyrus, I can buy myself flower and they're trying to rip her off in the video. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Can't you be creative and do shit that is your own? Like I know it's where the world is at but this is why I can't compete with people that promote anymore because they're just doing the same shit. Well, I don't know. It's weird. We're training, we're training the next generation to just copy each other, which is fucking scary. We're not change, training people to be different, encouraging them to stand out and be unique, you know. It's really I worrying. don't get it because, I mean, we're in a cover band, yeah, we do copy tracks, we do tracks from other people, but that's not okay and this is okay to stand there and do your fucking dance yeah. for fucking Wednesday. Like, and then I saw an interview with her where she said, I don't watch TikTok. I can't watch that. That's just a waste yeah. of my time, you know, yeah. which is awesome yeah. because that's why she's famous and you cunts aren't, right? That's it. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. 
Hey, have you every got a single time. Yeah, I do. We have a commercial. It's a special. Oh, oh it's a special one. How's my voice? I don't know what that is. What happened? Hope it's then? not Lyme's disease. I, I've got <laughs> ever since COVID. Yeah, ever since COVID, it's not the same. Not me. I don't have COVID, but because. We're not gigging as much and we're coming back from Christmas. <laughs> it just cuts in and out. And when I was watching that Shania Twain thing, I was freaking out going, maybe I've got Lyme's disease, mate. Fuck I thought it you out. were mocking me. I thought no, you were mocking me for a that's minute. That's what my like, voice yeah, is doing. Yeah, we got it now. Yeah, we got it now. It's shit house, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to have to train up. It's really shit. It's never. I've, I think I've got pharyngitis from being, oh, from okay. microphones, but yeah, fucking, it just happens. It's fucked up, and it's you know just goes. Oh, oh. I thought oh. you were fucking mocking me. No, like going, yeah, yeah, it's we got a fucking head. Doesn't yeah. want to work. It's like fucking no. Oh, sorry, sorry. That was so hilarious. funny. All it's right, hilarious. hit us with the app. <laughs> All right, we here go? we go. Here's our commercial. Having fun, school day's done. Time to go on home with mom. Shall we have a Milky Way? Yes, Dad! Oh, Milky Way will keep them going till dinner. Delicious milk chocolate outside, and with its centre whipped till it's light and fluffy, it won't fill them up. No worries about spoiling their dinner. That's so happy. Milky Way, the treat you can enjoy between meals without ruining your appetite. Did you do the voiceovers in that ad? Did you? <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you play the little Horrible. kid in that ad? Yeah. <laughs> Milky Way. Fuck, do you even like them? Sorry, I was just laughing. I wasn't even listening. Oh, it's like my voice is breaking. It's ridiculous. Oh, God. It's ridiculous. Yeah, see, yeah, I've got to keep away from chocolate. It's not good for your voice. It sort of sits right right on your throat. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't been eating chocolate either. I did have M&M's the oh, other day because I was listening to our conversation on the last show and it made me ah. want to have an M&M's. But, yeah, no, I do mm. have a bit of pharyngitis. It's just something that takes three or four months to get rid of. Yeah, right, right. It's come off a microphone. Some dirty pigs used a microphone and I've gotten it. But um, <laughs> it's not laryngitis. You can still sing but it just disappears in some areas, you know. It's pharyngitis. Pharyngitis. Fahrenheit. That's what it is. Yeah, lovely. So that was it's a little a, bit hotter. Do you remember that commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Milky Way. That. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. cute. Thirty cents they you were. Milky Way. Do you see chocolate ads on TV these days? I can't. I can't think of any. Not fucking really. Cho- no. Chocolate bar or whatever I've seen advertised. Doesn't it just no. fucking advertise no, itself? You don't. I don't know. No, that's right. I don't. Yeah. Like I watched TV shows during the night and usually it's a lot of infomercials now. That There's nothing that really interests the ad, me. The ad landscape has changed very much. Like yeah, sort of it has. What, what you would advertise in the 80s has very much changed from today. Like you would actually get um, 
advertising for albums that were being released in the 80s. That was huge. Yeah, that's like, right. Like that was huge. And we should start playing a few as well um, because that really did. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, right. That's right, it doesn't. Yeah, like the latest compilation or, you know. Yeah, big albums I couldn't albums even tell you what they advertise now. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, well, that's right. And the thing is because TV isn't as important anymore. So they're not going to yeah, spend yeah. money. No, that's true. You know? Yeah. I don't so watch you might- um I I don't watch sort of free to air. I don't watch sort of normal TV. I watch digital TV. So digital TV has sort of like different different types of ads, you know. It's not it's not what you see on regular TV. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't know. You know, I wouldn't know what goes on on TV to be honest. Well, I watched. Um, I watch the project, and sometimes I watch the news, and <sighs> the project will finish, and then there'll be three ads on the project. It's like it's all about yeah. getting traction for the TV show, but yeah, never a product. I don't really see a product. You know, and TV. And, you know, com- what like TV ads are so cheap now because they used to be thousands of dollars and now they're like, yeah, God, you can get a 30 ads for $1,800 now or something, you know? Yeah, that's right. They it's still um, advertise, they still advertise cars because I always audition for car ads. Yeah, cars uh, are big. And yep. See them, see them now again. They used to sort of, they're big on advertising cars in the eighties as well, but yeah, beyond that, I, I wouldn't fucking know. I certainly haven't seen a fucking Cadbury Dairy Milk chocolate ad no. since the eighties. And McDonald's yeah. is another one they advertise because they've used Bon Jovi "Living on a Prayer," which none of those cunts uh, in yeah. that ad would sing. You look yeah, at those no, people in the right. car; nah, they wouldn't even know the song "Living on a Prayer." Nah. And I think Kiss had one of the songs on. Um, so they've got to use 80s music to get even people interested to look up, I reckon. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's right because mm. there's no sense of legacy with anything that comes out today. You know no. what I mean? There's no, no there's no gravitas. You're not oh. going to get And and like even though I know I know Miley Cyrus is huge with that track at the moment. I don't no mind the track. No I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's good great. Good on her, you know. But you sort of you, you're still able to grab kids of today with 80s music and everyone else, you know what I mean? Mm. And everyone yeah, else. Yeah, still they TikTok s- to me is Miley Cyrus and Wednesday at the moment and yeah, it kind of really fucking bores me. Like. Yeah, right. I, I never I liked TikTok because it was just bad dancing. You know. Yeah, see, I, I will never know. <laughs> it, it's sort of like it's yeah. one of those things that like I, I always thought to myself, I want to be up with everything. I want to sort of have my head around everything. Um, but since leaving Facebook, I'm fine to not have TikTok in my life as well. I'm well, like, that's the nah, thing. Facebook I, and Instagram yeah. are, are not doing well. They're not building yeah. the traction anymore. So. Everyone's nah. going to TikTok for their products or whatever or, you know. But I saw, yeah. oh, look, I can't even tell you what I've seen, but it's just not good. Bring back potluck with fucking Bernard King. That's what I say. Half these cunts exactly. wouldn't last. Bit of, bit so, of variety. <laughs> a bit of variety. But we're going to play the next one, which is a beauty. Here's some saxophone for you. 
Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Love that song. Yeah, great Written song. Written by Harold Faltermeyer that also did um, Axel F and the Fletch um, a theme song and also stuff from Top Gun as well. Amazing composer. But awesome. Love the sax in that song. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And um, really good production, you know. Yeah, beautiful. I think sax with great production in it really works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think this – I love this song and I think it's like so, so 80s. This is like a really good example of an 80s track. If you were to say like, oh, you know, what kind of music they play in the 80s, this would be one that I would play to give people an example. Just because yeah. it's got all the ingredients of an 80s song, you know what I mean? That's right. It's very Huey Lewis in the news though. Ah, uh, yeah, it is. It's a bit very fucking cooler fucking than based. Huey. Yeah. Oh, it's very, yeah, but Maddie's been learning it and it's fucking, when you break it down, it's pretty much based on that. Yeah, yeah. Hip to be square or, you know, like... It's, it's funny because it reminds, especially because it was in a film soundtrack. It it reminds me of that other cunt. What's his name? You know, fucking Footloose, Kenny Loggins. It reminds Kenny me Loggins, of Kenny yeah. Loggins. Yeah, you well, know what that's I mean? probably the, what they went for as far as what was hot at the moment. They go, we want you to write a song like this or this. You know, Danger Zone yeah. or blah blah blah, and. Um, Still a great track though, and Glenn Fry from the Eagles, amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like he would know how to write a track. I think with movies though, it's got to be a little bit formulated. Like it's not just a track. You need to appeal to people that are watching the movie that really wouldn't listen to music that much. I don't know. That's probably stupid to say, but these songs became huge because of the movie. You know, yeah, that's right, and it's got to be. It's you know, it's got to be good for radio because essentially that song is promoting the film. So it's all about sort of promotion. So it's got you know, it's got to it's got to go far. It's got to be good for radio and everything. It's, can't have too much lyrical content. There's got to be quite a lot of space in there if it's going to be in a soundtrack. Um, you know, for dialogue and stuff to go over the top of and so forth and. Um, 
Yeah, this does. It has like several solos, you know, several different instruments. It's got the guitar solo, the sax solo. It's fucking yeah, good song. I like it. The um the horn player, the uh, sax player, and this is David Woodford, by the way. In mm-hmm. the clip, it's um uh Beverly Delk Smith um in the film clip, but the actual player in the recording is a guy called David Woodford. And that was another thing they did in the 80s with saxophone players is they didn't use the fucking saxophone players in the videos. No, that's right. This is why I reckon the the reason why I think is because they were pulling sax players out from other genres that like perhaps weren't as cool. So it's it's like they were sort of – yeah, yeah, well, they were getting like, or, or they were getting like people that just didn't fit the image, you know. Um, yeah, so they'd yeah, get that's some, right. you know, they'd get some cool cunt to fucking hold the sax and be pressing the wrong keys and shit in the film clip, um, who who look good, and then it's probably some fucking jazz legend that's actually played on the track, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, we don't know how many Stevie Wonder tunes he's played harmonica on. That we weren't, we didn't know about because Stevie wasn't in the video. You know, it's just funny yeah, how right. a lot of those musos do hide from the video clips. You know, I'm pretty maybe, sure yeah, Stevie just... did um, Shaka Khan. I feel for you, and he oh, wasn't yeah, I'm in the video. Pretty sure he did too. And and it's nah. like it was a well, really pr- weird sort of a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, Prince did a fuckload of stuff and and wasn't credited. Like Prince played all of the guitars in Like a Prayer and wasn't credited, you know. Mm, Fucking huge track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. But um, Maybe they just want to play sometimes and they can't be fucked, you know. Absolutely. But the next track we've got would be Australia's number one saxophone track, I reckon. Gotcha, gotcha. Beautiful. So we've come in at this song um, just before the solo, but I wanted to give you a lead up. Beautiful solo. Three notes, only three notes because we do it in our band. Here we go. Yep. We could fly Cause we're all 
Amazing. If you kind of, you know, live through the time where this song came out, that sax solo comes on and your head just goes back, you know, like you, you, you really, really feel it. You feel it every single time you hear it. Mm, absolutely. Love it. And the video clip just went so well with that treatment as well. Like Every, I think everything it was, was Prague. perfect about this song. Yeah, it was Prague. Yeah. Yeah. Everything um, was perfect about this song. Absolutely. And incredible. I mean, there's so many songs we could bring up, but Australia Australia really did take to a saxophone. We loved an old saxophone in Australia. Next one's yeah, I think well. it, I don't know why it was such a huge off. hit in Australia. I think I think maybe because um, it like sax added a bit of sophistication. It was like kind mm. of I don't know real music or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it yeah, added it an, sounded an, expensive. An, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. It added an element of depth, sort of. You know, it's like oh, this yeah. is this is this is the real deal. This is Ridgy Didge, You know, absolutely. Beautiful song. Uh, we do it in Rewind Kirk, 80s. We love it. Kirk Pengilly. Kirk Pengilly, of course, playing Very sax good. on this track for In Excess. Very good. Very good. Um, who was a Melbourne boy b- born in Kew. Did you know that? I didn't know that he was born in Kew. Didn't know. I knew he was Melbourne but I didn't know Kew. That yeah. explains why he's a saxophone player though because mum and dad could have afforded the fucking Paid lessons. for the lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they weren't right. cheap. If you no. wanted to do... A, a, like a saxophone or a trumpet lesson, I think they were more expensive than a drummer lesson or something. Like I, was, I remember the prices being really different because it was sort of like an elite sort of lesson, you know? Well, it was because it was yeah. sort of like it's a classical instrument. It's a it's traditionally a classical instrument that made its way into jazz and then into rock, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they were expensive. There were, there were less sax teachers and they could charge whatever they liked. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the yeah. next track we're going to play is, oh, look, we can't do a show without sax and these guys. And I've sort of started the song um, before the solo. Let's have a listen. Beautiful Spanner Ballet with Round and Round. Steve Norman. 
Yeah. Well, he was my spirit animal in the 80s. I loved a bit of Steve Norman. Oh, really? Mm, I loved him. Really loved him. Just thought he now, was Now, they cute. were a sophisticated band, weren't they? Oh, fuck. Absolutely. First band I ever saw in concert. Is that right? Yeah. Broke in, didn't wow. pay because I didn't have the money. Where? And uh, Entertainment Centre in Melbourne. Now, um, not being from Melbourne at that time, where was the Entertainment Centre? Um, AMI Arena, is that what it's called now? Oh, yeah, Amy Stadium. Yeah, Amy Stadium. Wow. So it used to be called the Entertainment Centre. Fuck, that's a good question though. Was it the one across the road? I think that was the glass house across the road. But, yeah, so that the like it was only like in the last 30 years that they changed the names every year with sponsors but the entertainment centre, the Melbourne Entertainment Centre was always just the one entertainment centre until they yeah. started getting sponsorship and now it's called the whatever, you know. But Yeah, I think I yeah, think the, gla- the, Ballet was the glass house is um, the glass house is the Holden Centre or the Lexus Centre or whatever the fucking Collingwood. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where, they used where, to have where we did that gig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so which is right next door. Amazing, but yeah, look, Steve Norman only really played with Spano Ballet. I mean, he's got his own stuff out now. Spano Ballet. There's a documentary about them called Underneath the Barricades or something. That's not bad. But I've met Tony Hadley, as I've said before, lovely guy, beautiful guy, and they no longer get along. So I don't – like Tony does his own show and then Steve Hadley's got his own show and then there's another show. There's about five shows of Spandau Ballet, you know. Yeah. Um, Which is fine but – Oh, which one do you go to, you know? I'd go to Tony Hadley I always, to be with you. Because there's brothers in Spando Ballet, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. They're always, always in and out of the courts. I always worry when there's brothers in a band and and neither of them are the lead singer. I always worry about their sort of long-term That's a good fucking point. That's a thing. good point. Because it's That's like, That's another the boss? episode. What brothers have fucked the band? <laughs> Ross? Bros? Brothers that have fucked the band. Brothers that have fucked the unit up. Absolutely. Because, <laughs> see, Duran Duran had the surnames, but they weren't brothers. So that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And the Thompson And they're twins all still together except twins. for Andy. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a really interesting thing. I think when there are brothers, even though the brothers did have a big fight between each other, yeah, it's an interesting thing when you get family involved with a whole lot of other people around. It is a different thing, you know. It's strange it's because it's sort of it 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 creates weird power dynamics because the brothers will always. You know, they'll either stick right by each other and then you've got this little power block because, you know, especially if one of them's not the lead singer, it's like who's the boss. But then like the if the brothers have a massive fucking falling out, it can really fracture things as well. So, yeah, it's a, it, it mm. makes for a weird dynamic that. 
Some brothers really get along and some just want to fucking kill each other. Yeah, that's right. Because you can when you're related. You can talk the truth, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, yeah, no, but right, we had to bring next? up Spanner Belay because he was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now this one's one of yours. It's amazing. Here we go. Oh, this is beautiful. I love this. There we go. The models. That's James Valentine playing sax in there. Uh, James sort of joined the models like later when they really sort of started expanding and and getting bigger and more more popular and so forth. He wasn't a sort of original member, and he's a really good example of, I guess, a kind of yeah, like I guess a kind of what. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, sort of like somebody that doesn't quite fit the mold of a rock band coming into a rock band. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, James I, Freud I hated don't the guy. Know. Yeah, they hated didn't get him. along, did they? No, nah, yeah, James yeah. Freud hated him. Absolutely think, hated think him. One thing that really used to piss James off is that he could always hear. Um, I'm talking about James Freud. Used to piss James Freud off is that he could always hear James Valentine singing the same note as him with the vocals, which like if you're a lead vocalist and Horrible. that's something that r- really distracts you, oh, yeah. fuck, it does your head in. Yeah. yeah and he yeah. kept doing it and kept doing it. He mustn't have been able to harmonise or so I don't yeah, know. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, but, um, I don't yeah, think weird, they got along. Kind and of thing, look, but. I'm going to say that we knew James really well and, you know, Maddie was in his kid's band, Attack of the Mannequins, and there's – I've heard it come from his mouth, mate. He couldn't stand him. And yeah. then all of a sudden I remember him doing Chook Lotto or fucking some Lotto. Not Chook Lotto. That was oh, he did that. too. He, he really used fucking, it as a springboard into TV, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 that's right. And it's like, what are you fucking doing? But he now is a, a a host, isn't he, on TV and stuff. So he really worked it. He jumped into sort of kids' TV. He did. Yeah. Was it the afternoon show or you can't do that on television or something like that that he did on the ABC? <laughs> I don't he sort know. Of I don't hosted, know. hosted the kids' programming. Oh, look at my lighting now. Fucking hell, Ooh, It's very red. Um, there you go. Very Maxine now. She'll be in it yeah. in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> she'll um, be in. <laughs> Maxine didn't but, um, dirty dicks. He um he 
bloody yeah, he I couldn't stand him on TV. He I found him really grating on TV. He was um, like a trendy nerd. You know, like, like a, not really, but trendy nerd. Trendy nerd without the trend, you know. That's he, right. Yeah. yeah on TikTok trendy. he'd be trendy though. Everyone's oh, trendy on TikTok. It'd be very popular. You don't have to today. try very hard. Mm. Yeah, no, that's right. But I mean, look, great player in saying that. Yeah. And that's that was him in that song as well, wasn't it? Definitely yeah, him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Good. Now this is a this is a this is a funny, funny wonky old clip. Go and watch it for Barbados. I mm. I'm fascinated by this clip. I don't know who yeah, the right. fuck came up with it or or whatever. I do I do love James leading I do love James Freud leading the models. That's my yeah. like I, I love Sean Kelly as well, but I do love um you know the the um the iteration of the models that's led by James Freud. Um I love that direction. I love sort of out of my and side. I love Barbados. Um, this album was yeah. huge for them. Absolutely. It was. Yeah, really Now, huge. have you seen the start of this video where he's in the army car and he shoots himself in the head? Have you seen that video? That's the very start of the video. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the weirdest fucking way to start a video. On. That's right. Yeah. And then when you go and read James Freud's biography, he's got a gun in his hand as well. So a lot of this was very James Freud and it's just interesting how – that was pretty confronting as a kid to watch someone that come home from war just yeah. shoot themselves in the head. Yeah, that's right. And the beauty about doing a show like this is that you'll never see that shit ever again because we're not yeah, allowed exactly to do right. that. You know? No, no. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll put that yeah. up in our notes as well. The start of that because they didn't show the start all the time. They started in the bar where he was drinking. You know what I mean? And yeah, he, yeah, that's it. Great. He track. does. He does something in the video. He does something when they're in the bar, which I'm like, mate. If you did that in real life, you would start a fucking fight. He yeah, right. <laughs> he. <laughs> he walks into the pub and as they're playing uh, pool on the pool table, yeah, yeah, he yeah. sort of like grabs grabs one of the balls and flicks it like down the fucking table. That's like, right. Like, he did. Like wrecks the game. And I'm like, mate, if you walked into an Aussie pub and you yeah. did that on a fucking pool table, you, there you would start Dead. a fucking fight. Yeah. yeah. And no matter how pretty yeah. you were because yeah. he was pretty – they would yeah, put the fucking pool thing around your neck and strangle you. Mate, they'd fucking shovel the fucking, you know, the pool cues up your <laughs> they ass. They would. They would. I mean, that was the thing with James, God bless him, is that he was extremely talented, extremely pretty, that dickheads would probably go him a lot. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't have gotten away with much with dickheads. They would have no, been. No, that's right. Yeah, Who exactly. Who the fuck do you think you are? Canham goes through the same shit. We yeah. drove into a service station in Perth and he yeah. nearly got in a fight. We got out of the truck. Canham wanted a fucking meat pie or something, I don't know. He loves these fucking chocolates. And he got out and this guy went in, this fucking wog, this muzzy with a fucking, went, fucking who do you think you are? And he said, I'm a rock star. And the guy just stopped in his traps. He goes, 
what are you seeing? And he goes, wouldn't you take me to Funky to the guy fucking died? New best oh, friend. Oh, serious. New, oh, yeah. Like you use Funky Town in any situation. That's you fantastic. You are safe, right? He gets back in the fucking van and he goes, oh, I nearly got bashed there but I just fucking brought out the fucking Funky Town gun. And I went, <laughs> that's great. I fucking couldn't believe it. I was laughing my tits off. Oh, because my God. You don't know it's Brian until you sing it or you see him, you know what I mean, or if you really yeah. look. But every yeah. dumb cunt that's over 18 knows Funky Town. So he wanted his photo taken. Oh, take a photo, take a selfie so I can show my oh, mates. It went from I want to fucking yeah. kill you to fucking take a selfie. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The world is fucking stupid. It's yeah, fucking stupid. And I went yeah. out with my Maddie's family on Sunday we went to this restaurant in Oakley, this Greek restaurant, right? Yeah. And we were talking about shit and I said, look, basically the world is fucking stupid. It's not fucking intelligent. People are dumb and they're looking at me like, oh, she's got a point. But they're also worried that I'm dating Maddie because that's my outlook, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the way I see it. It's you can't. Go to attack someone and then you have to defend yourself through a fucking song. Like that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Just leave someone alone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Fucking don't go out of your way to fucking yank somebody else's chain. Like exactly. fucking life. Because life he had a hat enough. and glasses on. He had a hat and glasses on and wasn't oh, yeah, dressed the in worst a tracksuit. Fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. God. That's what upsets fucking people. Hell, when you look too cool. Mm. That I don't like it. What do you fucking come as? It's like, well, fucking, I don't know. You know? It's what just weird, me. but um, yeah, yeah, really. Weird. I, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I mean, look, the thing that made me feel good about what, watching this Pamela Anderson thing is that she's above all that shit, but fuck, she went through a lot of dumb cunts. Like, she went through a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That whole internet starting up and being, you can get this in thirty seconds if you pay twenty five bucks, like all that stuff. Of people, but she just would have had like every fuckwit guy in the world thinking that every. they had a, a a chance with her because and they thought she was a slut. And exactly, she shows her baps. Why is it going to hurt her? Yeah. Why would it worry her if? We put out this show with her and her husband and bullshit through our teeth. I actually felt really bad about watching that because yeah. she's triggered, you know, she's fully triggered by it. But anyway, enough of that. The models are amazing. James Freud, one in a million. Beautiful looking, beautiful musician, fucking great family. Sally. And we the loved kids. him, didn't we? Loved him. We went out, remember we did the spot gig? And he was drinking red wine and you and me were dancing with him and stuff. Like he was just yeah, amazing. he was pissing himself, yeah. Pissing yeah. himself laughing because he thought I was funny because I was just no filter. And he'd go, ah, oh, Sammy, God, and Jesus. And I, I think I did I think I think did something to you like, oh, I don't know, I think I grabbed you by the moot or something like that and like, you know, yeah, we yeah, always yeah. do fucking shit like that and yeah. that's just yeah. us and we don't realise – I did it. I did it to you, and James saw it. He couldn't fucking believe it, and he was losing yeah. his shit. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
He loved that shit. All right, what do we got next? All right, this one's a ripper and we're going to play it at the stage of the song that really matters as well. Duran Duran fans, get ready. This guy's my favourite. Andy Hamilton. Yeah. I love him. Really? Love He's him. your favourite? Yeah, I love this solo. I think it really fucking, it's chaotic, it's exciting. I love it. And he played with a lot of people. Like Wham. See, that was another yeah. thing. Wham had great Elton John, Pet Shop Boys, Tina Turner. George Michael, Paul McCartney, Radiohead. Not many people play or Bon Jovi. What did he fucking do in Bon Jovi? David Bowie. He would have done um, absolute beginners. I'm see a, a lot of British artists. You know, like actually a lot of sort of British artists, and then American artists later. Like it could have even been something that that. Um, the the British invasion started. You know what I mean. A lot of British, a lot of British artists um, use the sax. I yeah, I think. Um, oh, look! I think America did with the jazz and the cabaret scene. But yeah, yeah. Maybe the pop music started using it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. But. Maybe it was to do with the record producers, like Colin Thurston was right into it with Duran Duran and and maybe, I don't know, saxophone players are really good people. Like they just hang out, they're not, there's no ego. I've known a lot of saxophone players and I have to say they're the mo- the least problem in the band. Yeah. Like they just, they just hang out and, yeah, no worries, I'll do that, Shaka Khan thing or I'll do this or I'll do that. There's never a problem. They just, I don't know, but this guy did a lot of shit. And I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of cases where with a lot of these songs, with a lot of the solos, it's, 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 it's like not a lot of like premeditation goes into it. It's like, it's like, uh, with a lot of these songs that we've played, I hear back that, um, you know, they're improvising their way through those moments. It's stuff that they've – little motifs and stuff that they've worked on, but they just sort of play by feel and find their way through it and sort of improvise through it, you know what I mean? And you can really hear that in in a lot of these little performances. There's a real kind of – Uniqueness, like it's a sort of 
once-off, like a beautiful sort of uniqueness about a lot of these performances that I love. Like they they yeah. they're playing by playing by feel. They're playing from their heart. You know, that's right. I love that's it. right. They go off the song and they go, "This is how it makes me feel, and this is how the solo should go." I don't think yeah. someone went into the studio and went play A B C D E and then do F G oh, at no. the end. You know what I mean? It was no. it was definitely a feel instrument. And yeah, yeah. I reckon it was who you got along with, you know, because yeah, this guy yeah, joined the Boomtown Rats. Why the fuck would you join uh, the yeah, Boomtown yeah. Rats? <laughs> and it's like obviously there was some good drugs in the Boomtown Rats, but yeah, yeah. I, I just don't understand why you would have joined the Boomtown Rats when really they weren't, you know, they had, I don't like Mondays, obviously. Yeah, but, that was about it. <laughs> you know, I don't. He just recorded with so many amazing people. Not Bush City yeah. Limits, man. Yeah, he right. recorded oh, yeah, Not right. Bush fucking City Limits. Fucking like hell. the guy was incredible, and I think there's not too many players that really doubled up and did a whole lot of stuff. And another thing is, they had different genres they had to go back to. So maybe they did, I don't know, BBC in London, and they had to do some fucking jingles there, and then they had to do. Um, solo for fucking whoever's on tour here and then it's a TV jingle here, you know. Like there was a lot more – they had to be a lot more, um, I don't know, versatile to do a whole lot of different genres. So maybe they just weren't available. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. It's interesting and I'd love to know how much money is behind it because – we don't know. Maybe they're the fucking winners of the industry. They're not committed to something. They go out and they yeah. make three grand to do three notes on whatever and then they go out and do a jingle which is 20 grand and then they're in an orchestra doing fucking Star Wars. You just don't know, you know? Yeah, It's exactly a good right. instrument. But the last one we've got is my fucking favourite artist. I can't believe oh, I didn't think there. of this. Now and I reckon, I reckon yep. after Baker Street, I reckon after Careless Whisper, this is your third one when you think yeah, of like. I agree. You know, I really I agree. do. I love this. See if you can predict what it is, guys. Oh, here we go. Smooth operator, smooth 
beautiful. What a sexy fucking song. Amazing. Another British artist. Yeah, that's right. Um, I just want to go back to Duran Duran. <laughs> there is something on Sing Blue Silver where they have a stand-in saxophone player and he's horrible. They're doing a TV show and he plays really badly. He's a stand-in for the guy. I think it might have been uh, on Rio and it's yeah. fucking piss funny because he plays out of tune and the boys are piercing themselves laughing. We will oh, do a yeah, sing blue silver. Right. <laughs> we will do a sing blue silver, and we'll try and find the manager, the Australian manager. We always since the first time we wanted to do this show, I wanted to do an interview with the Australian manager of Sing Blue Silver. Oh the big yeah, guy. he goes. Well, Is I he don't still care. Alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he'd still be in the industry. Fuck, we got to get him on. Yeah, he's amazing. That so guy's a legend. There is a part in that movie where they get a fill-in saxophone player for TV, and it's piss funny. But, yeah, Shardo, yeah. smooth operator, beautiful. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, this guy was a guy called, is it Stuart Matthewman, um, otherwise known as uh, Cottonbelly. Mm-hmm. Um, smooth, smooth, you think Shardo, you think smooth operator. But in the UK, um, uh, Your Love is King is her biggest track and this, this was like the breakthrough track in the US. So yeah, well, that's, that's why right. it's sort of yeah, that's why we sort of re- I guess remember her most for uh, oh look, this, this was the one that operator. really put her on the map. Yeah, but she did have much better tracks. Uh, yeah, after yeah, this. that's right. Yeah, um, beautiful, and even the band live was fucking incredible. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was I love Stuart, her. Matt. But we haven't doubled up on saxophone players, and this is what I find interesting: that there's obviously a lot of them out there, but we haven't now, doubled see, up. I, I desperately want to go through and do honourable mentions, but I reckon there's another show in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can do another show. I'm happy to do one. I mean, it's all about conversation. Yeah. You know. Now, guys, if you out there agree, if you want to hear another – because there is some beautiful music behind this, trust me. Mm. If you want to hear a second show on our, uh, you know, sexy sax of the 80s, please write in to us and get in touch because um, there's a lot of fantastic material here. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, we're all over social media, of course. We're on um, Facebook and uh, are we on TikTok with this or with the live band? No, just, oh, well, look, TikTok's under Planet 80s Productions, but uh, we've got a Facebook, the 80s Montage, and we have an Instagram and all that stuff. But we have a link tree now, which is, I think it's the 80s Montage podcast. So you'll find all the links to everything on the link tree and oh fantastic write in and just yeah let us know because i think there is another episode in this for sure yeah absolutely i reckon we're on over uh, 10 different platforms, so please jump on board as a subscriber. You know, don't just listen to the mm. odd episode. I, I, th- I believe um, uh, the last episode, the songs that have turned 40 years old, has charted quite well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Gahan, is it Gahan? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Uh, went into their top 50. But um, a lot of our shows... All of our shows have been listened to at the moment, which is amazing. We did mention Sammy Johnston, didn't we, the subscriber on Pod Podcast? Oh yeah, and you 
Um, I, we mentioned Sammy Neal at the top of the show. We also have a new <laughs> subscriber, Sammy Johnston. So thank yes, you we do. very much Thanks, for, Sammy. for jumping on board. Love yeah. our new subscribers. You'll always get a shout out. So don't just listen to the odd episode, guys. There, you know, some really sort of uh, good ones recently. Jump on board as a subscriber and come on board long term with us. You get the sort of episodes as soon as they drop as well. They download download automatically, um, and they'll be ready for you uh, to listen as 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 soon as you want, have a have an opportunity. Whether you're on the train or driving at work or doing whatever you're doing, we'll be there ready to talk about the eighties and. You can become a Patreon for as little as $1.50 a month. For $10 a month, you get the extra episodes. We've recorded a couple of uh, Patreon episodes just in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, patrons, you've got new shiny eps coming to you very soon. You have. And and next week we'll be doing a new Patreon, but um, in the middle of Feb, you'll be getting the B part of the top 40 hits of 1983 that are 40 years old. So that's coming along for our patrons as well, which is awesome. And come and see a live gig. We're at Sookie Lounge on Friday the 3rd of Feb, which is tomorrow if you're listening, and or tonight depending on when this comes out. And it's uh, Burwood Highway in Lily uh, Belgrave and you can come along and get your tickets at the door. But, yeah, come and see a live show. Cairns, we're in Bansdale, everywhere. Awesome. All right. Guys, take care of yourselves. We love you all around the world. Thank you, subscribers. Thank you, Patreons. And if it's music mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal. Unreal.